GF, <laughs> our Welcome everyone to our fourth episode of the What the F podcast. I'm Demetra and I'm Claire. And we are your resident expert non-experts on birth control, and we're going to be sharing all about it today. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also would love to give a big shout out to Planned Parenthood for guiding so much of this research in this episode. Yeah, a lot of research came from Planned Parenthood, so thank you. We are going to be talking, we're going to be running through each of the different kind of birth controls. Of course, it can't cover like literally everything, but we'll, we're trying to cover a wide range of options that uh, people with birth control use, and we'll share research that we've found from Planned Parenthood and people's experiences with them, and then we'll just discuss all of them. So, yeah. The first one is uh, the most basic, which is abstinence, which abstinence is the choice not to have sex. So, obviously, if you don't have sex, you can't get pregnant. Um, But there are a lot of researched holes in this plan. The first website that pops up when you search for abstinence and birth control is a teen's health website that preaches that abstinence is the only kind of birth control that can guarantee no STIs and unplanned pregnancies because there is a slim chance that with other contraceptives you could still get pregnant. So all of this is true. Um, I found it interesting how they don't provide any other information on birth control or the realities of abstinence, especially for teens. Um... So my school, which uh, my high school, which was a is Southern Christian school, mm-hmm. it top abstinence for sex ed like pretty exclusively, mm-hmm. um, which I didn't really realize was sort of harmful at the time. I just thought you know like that's a no brainer, just don't have sex and then you won't nothing bad will happen to you. Right. But like <laughs> obviously, if you're a teenager, like <laughs> I'm not saying that all teenagers have sex, but like. But. It's, it's a fair assumption. It's a fair, you know. I think it's like two thirds of high school students. Really, yeah. I didn't know that. But yeah, and not knowing any other option is just kind of irresponsible not to teach kids that. Mm-hmm. And because if you do actually end up having sex, then you're like, well, now I don't know what to do. <laughs> um, so. One statistic that is from NCBI is that the U.S. is one of the leading countries in both teen pregnancies and STIs, and it also has used government money to fund abstinence-only education for more than a decade. Um, A recent study showed that this positive correlation is true, even disregarding socioeconomic status, teen educational attainment, ethnicity, and access to healthcare in the area. So it's just that abstinence-only education has just proven that it doesn't really work to stop teen pregnancies. And if you you can, like, teach abstinence, obviously, but I think that ultimately it's not the best, like, use of your time in school. Right. I think it's interesting that a lot of these birth controls we'll be talking about today are so much of a personal choice of what you're picking and what's best for your body, but abstinence isn't always just like that personal choice of your birth control form but so much of it has to do with the fact that our education a lot of times is grounded in abstinence I know in Michigan we have abstinence-based sex education which isn't even mandatory to start it only has to have HIV and AIDS education Um, but so much of people being abstinent or having that as their form of birth control is literally just because that's all that they know or that 
no schools really teach you about these other forms, but that's okay. That's why we're here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so next one we'll be talking about the pill. If uh, you've heard of any sort of birth control besides just abstinence, then you've probably heard of the pill, if I had to guess. The pill is just hormone pills that you take once a day, and there's different kinds, combination pills of both estrogen and progestin, uh, which is the most common type, or just progestin-only pills. And they have the three weeks of a uh, pill, and then one week of just a sugar pill, which is like a placebo pill, essentially, so that you get your period. Um, and it works super well if you use it effectively, like the other birth control forms that you only have to be accountable for on like a daily or weekly, monthly basis. So it is easy to forget or use incorrectly, which then lowers the effectiveness. Um, and just how it works is it stops the eggs from leaving ovaries and stops sperm from going to the egg. So the one thing that is nice about that, though, is you can skip those sugar pills that I mentioned, and then you just completely can eliminate your period if you want. Mm -hmm. So if you're really a consistent person, you know how to see that reminder every day on your phone and actually take it right then and there, it works very well. But uh, once again, all that research is from Planned Parenthood, so thank you for that. I'm just going to jump right into the IUD, also explaining that. A lot of the stories that we'll be sharing today with this uh, actually bounce between both of those forms of birth control. Um, so the IUD is a T-shaped device that is inserted into your uterus, and it lasts 3 to 12 years depending on the brand. Um, and it is reversible. You can have it removed. It doesn't have to even last that long. If you put it in and immediately decide you want it out, then you can take it out. But um, it is one of the most effective birth control methods. It seems like it's a pretty popular one around our community that we've talked to already. Mm -hmm. uh, there are five different brands of IUDs in the U.S. And there's two types that are either copper or hormonal. And the way it works is just changing the way sperm cells move so they never get to an egg. Um, interesting fact can also be used as emergency contraception if you get it within five days of unprotected sex. And it's actually the most effective way to pretend... Uh, prevent pregnancy after sex. So this is really interesting that the same issues occur with the hormonal IUDs as the pills do. Um, you can bleed for six months after but eventually have no period at all or have uh, a lowered one or a less frequent one. So for some real reviews we got, uh, quote, went back to work the same day, Another one had mild cramping, but it went away without any medication. And then for these stories to combine, I can share one. This is a little bit of a longer one, so I'll be reading a submission that we had uh, to our podcast team. This involves both the pill and the IUD, as I mentioned. So I began using birth control when I was 18. I had just entered college, and my periods were absolutely awful. They were heavy and I was losing so much blood that my iron levels and blood sugar levels were low and I was very dehydrated. Because of all of that, I was getting migraines and cramps and missing lots of school because of it. That's when my mom recommended I started taking the same birth control pill she was on because it had worked great for her. She had been on it for like 20 years. So I started taking one of like 30 different hormonal pills. It was fine for the first month, then when I took the sugar pills to induce my monthly period, my period never stopped. It didn't stop for two whole months when I finished up the three-month cycle of pills. I wasn't sexually active at that time, so period control was the only reason I was on birth control. 
My period didn't stop until I stopped the pills. When I told my doctor what happened, she said you may just have to wait six months for that to stop happening in some cases. But since it was making me miserable, I could try a different pill or method. I tried a different pill and the exact same thing happened to me, a two-month-long period. That's when I stopped trying the pills. When I was about 20, I had my first serious partner in college, and the birth control pills I had taken, combined with the stress of college, were making my period very irregular and awful again. I decided to try birth control again. My doctor walked me through the options, and I chose the IUD. This is also when Trump was threatening to take away birth control access, so I like that it was long-term. That was a scary time period. We'll have to talk about that. I also like that it feels less invasive, unlike the implant, and the hormones were centralized, so the chance of depression is lower than with the pill or implant. I also have a high pain tolerance, probably due to how bad my cramps are, so my doctor let me know that I could probably handle the pain. She was right. The pain of getting my IUD inserted was half of how bad my cramps can feel. I love my IUD, and I'm on my second one now. My first one was the Kylena, and it was too small, so after having it for a year, it shifted down in my uterus and caused a heavy period. It was very uncomfortable for a week, and then it got replaced with a bigger one for a better fit, and it has been perfect for the last year and a half. My periods have almost stopped, and I'm 99% protected from pregnancy. I'm the only person I know who has had a good experience with my IUD, but I love it, and I will probably replace it in about four years. So I'm just going to tag on my own story right after that, after saying uh, the only person that's had a good experience, because I have so much to say about my beloved IUD. (laughs) I got mine inserted at the beautiful um, university hospital for students. So right on campus. Um, And I had also used the pills for a couple years before that, but I just had the really inconsistent schedule issue that we mentioned before. And I wanted something I didn't have to think about. Um, I started taking birth control for both reasons of cramping and because of protection against pregnancy, so it was just way easier to have something that I didn't have to think about. And I guess I also have a pain tolerance, so maybe that's the deciding factor between people that have a good and bad experience, but I got mine inserted. I went home that day, and I went to class. It was online, so I just sat with the heating pad on. And that was pretty much it. It wasn't really a big deal. Um, But my unfortunate story comes, I had, so I had two uh, weeks of like kind of bleeding, but not totally just like spotting. And then I just didn't have a period for like 10 months. Mm. And sometimes when I would have sex, I would just randomly bleed afterwards. So that was kind of annoying Mm. and ruined some sheets there, which is always the worst. But... I didn't really bleed at all, and then Thanksgiving, this most recent Thanksgiving, I got my period, and it didn't stop until, like, beginning or middle of February. What? I had it for over 70 days, just after not bleeding for, like, two months. So I went back to our beautiful university hospital, Mm -hmm. got everything checked, everything was fine, and yeah, there's not really, like, anything wrong, it's just sometimes that's the way the IUD works. (laughs) But it stopped, and then now hopefully I won't have it again for a really long time. But my my ID should be good for three to five years, so hopefully it stays, you know, not bleeding for 70 days in a row. Um, But I, for those of you that are considering an IUD, I cannot recommend it highly enough. And I know everyone talks about how bad the pain is. 
So the one thing that I have realized is the best way to explain the pain is the pain doesn't really come from when it inserts. When they insert the IUD, it comes from having to measure your uterus beforehand to know, like, how far what? it goes up. Yeah, they have to, like, literally, me- they, like, put, like, a ruler up your vagina. What? Yeah. I did not know that yeah. at all. Yeah, so they measure, like, your vagina, and it goes, or your uterus, and so it goes up through your cervix. Yeah, it's the most painful thing. Through but your cervix. The way that I have found how to explain it is, you know, at the beginning of COVID, when you would get a COVID test and the test would go up, like, into your brain. Yeah. Like, you could feel it, like, touch. Yeah. And it's, like, that feeling of it going in your nose and just going a little too far oh and, like, touch, touching your brain. Oh, my God. That is the exact same feeling, but it's in your vagina. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> that's exactly how I would describe it. If you have gotten through your drive through CVS <laughs> testing period for COVID... You can do an, You can do it. You can do an IUD. Was that a factor for you when you were deciding to do the IUD with the pain? Like, definitely. Um, so one of my best friends had an IUD and actually didn't tell me her experience because she wanted me to get one and she believes in it so much. But she's like, I had such a painful experience. I'm not even gonna tell you about it. And she threw up so much afterwards she like was gonna have to go to the hospital because she was so <laughs> dehydrated because she like threw up from the pain. So, I just knew, like, she had some really bad experience. She told me that after the fact, so, Mm. sorry, I just (laughs) ruined it for all of you listeners. (laughs) Um, But it was definitely a deciding factor. However, I just can't imagine the pain. It takes, I was in that office for, like, actually ten minutes. Oh. So, I can't imagine the pain being less, like, less worth it for ten minutes than Mm. the pain that I have every single time that I had period cramps, which was so annoying. So it lessens those cramps. Yes. Yeah. And the cramps are typically really bad right afterwards, but then you just don't have them. And I'm the kind of person, like, I would sit with period cramps and have to, like, hold on to my desk in class and, like, clench it. Like, it was so painful. So, yeah, I just thought that those two minutes of, like, it actually being inserted into my body was so worth it. So it was, it definitely was a consideration, just... A fleeting one, for sure. (laughs) Um, And those, um, the stories came from submissions that we got from inside What the F, and then the other submissions came from Hello Clue. Uh, So the next one we're going to talk about is the bar implant, which I actually have not heard a lot about, and I haven't heard, like, many people that have it, but it's supposed to be, like, really, really effective. So basically, it's it's called, uh, also called Nexplanon, I think? And it's a tiny rod, so like the size of a matchstick, that goes into your arm. Um, And it lasts about five years, and it's also reversible. Um, And it does basically the same thing. It, like, just stops sperm from going to the egg, and from eggs leave your ovaries, so you can't, you know, get fertilized. So, real reviews said that they had some mood swings, um, and the insertion was not painful at all. And some people experienced no side effects at all. And that came from WebMD. So basically what I'm hearing is this is essentially like an IUD in terms of how people consider it in terms of the implementation and the pain of it and the effectiveness, but it's just Mm -hmm. in your arm. Yeah. Okay. 
I've actually seen someone with the implant. You can see it in their arm. Really? Yeah. It's like a little, it almost looks like a weird vein that they have kind of popping out. I feel like that also would be better just because like all the, like the IUD is like in your uterus. So like it kind of interferes with, not interferes, but I feel like, I don't know. It's just like a different place that you are. Right, right. You know, because you're used to, like, being shot, like, <laughs> not being shot, like, going to the doctor's office and getting a shot. So true. But you're not really, at least, at least when you're, like, growing up, you're not really used to, like, <laughs> so much. birth control is a battlefield. Yeah. But, like, I just feel like you're more nervous about, like, you know, doctors, like, doing stuff with your vagina. (laughs) No, I get it. Have you been, let's talk about this in general, because a lot of people listening to this might have never gone to a gynecologist. Have you seen a gynecologist? Yeah, I've never seen a gynecologist. Never, okay. Uh, They have something called a speculum. Yeah, I've heard about that. I've heard about the speculum. (laughs) So that is maybe why the bar implant could be better. Like you said, that mm-hmm. feeling of just sitting there with your legs in stirrups, just having your vagina wide open. Have you had that? Oh, well, of course. Well, because I did. Did you use a speculum? Yeah, guy? so that's, like, actually why some people say it's so painful is because the speculum is a clamp that oh, they Lord. insert into your <laughs> vagina and then squeeze like, open, like, if you kind of picture, like, a pair of scissors, almost, but, like, not. <laughs> oh, my God. You're getting shot in the arm, you're getting scissors <laughs> up your vagina. We're <laughs> <laughs> okay. explaining this so bad, but. But if you were to picture it kind of, like, the reverse opening. Yeah. And then it holds your vagina open mm-hmm. so that they can, you know, dig yeah. around in there and do their thing. And so that, though, being, like, forced open. Have you ever had, like, a tampon sit too low in your vagina? Yeah. And, like, you feel your vagina kind of, like, open all day? Yeah. And, like, that hurts. Okay, that's like that, but it's, like, cr- it, like, makes it kind of cramp. Oh, because it's, so, yeah. Yeah, so then, like, the whole time that you're getting your IUD put in, you're basically, like, cramping. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, So maybe the, maybe the bar is for you. <laughs> yeah. You're not, not into that. Yeah. I feel like at this point, like, that looks so... When I've seen pictures of it, it looks so medieval. Oh, yeah. Like, why have they not evolved to make it, let like, not metal? Well, why is... I feel like everything is so outdated with the gynecologist's office. Yeah. I mean, the fact that, like, most gynecologists are men is really interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, or the fact that it was a male-dominated field at one point, at least. But, I mean, why... Think about the fact that these women, a lot of times, describe getting an IUD as the worst pain that they've ever felt in your life, which, honestly, I could maybe say for myself, too. It wasn't unbearable by any means, but if I had to rate the pain, like, I've never had a broken bone, things like that, it could Mm. be the most painful thing I've experienced. And... They don't do anything to help you with the pain. Like, where's my epidural? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not, but... <laughs> but, like, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I that That is really interesting that, you know, some people are like, I've, I've heard of this, and it, at the time it sort of sounds preachy, but, like, it's... I feel like it is kind of true. Like, if this happened to men, like, if they had to experience right. and had to go through the process of getting birth control and, like having your vagina open, like, it would have advanced a lot farther than now, because I just, I just, like, 
I don't know. It's it's just not, like, a big priority, you know? Exactly. Or the fact that if all the first doctors were all men and all the first gynecologists were men, they just started doing these things not knowing how it felt on their own body yeah. by any means, and it just continued going through. So these procedures that started weren't done by people with a vagina, so they might not know how that feels to a vagina and then just continue the practice so yeah i mean now we have medieval <laughs> clamps in there yeah i'm not sure who created the speculum but i feel like it was a man <laughs> yeah I'd because a like, woman wouldn't be like this is good <laughs> this is i want this, this to be nice. done to me yeah exactly <laughs> Next is Numerings. Next is Numerings. We're going to crank through these last two here. A little bit shorter description. A Numering is a small, flexible vaginal ring that you put in for three weeks, take out for a week, and then put it back in. So it's kind of like a pill. Um, Some personal experience that we heard about it was one of the unfortunate parts is you have to keep it in the fridge. So it kind of balances out with that pill like annoying time conscious thing so you don't have to take it every single day you put it in for three weeks but also then having to have it in the fridge all the time like Mm. you know what if you go to a sleepover and you don't have it and how it works it releases hormones estrogen and progestin into your body to stop sperm from going to the egg and the eggs to leave your ovaries uh the downside it only works effectively if you remember to use it effectively by taking it out and leaving it in on schedule, on, like, IUDs and implants, or the implant. Um, the other thing is, you can have it slip out of your vagina, but it doesn't, it's not that common. You can leave it in during sex, or take it out during sex, and put it back in if you like, um, and that doesn't mess with your flow, which is good to know. Um, and another thing is some people said that they could feel it when they were having sex or any other things going up the vagina, they could feel a ring inside. So also just some comments that if you're using birth control for, uh, reasons related to sexual activity that you might be able to feel it and it might, um, have some effect in there. Okay. The next one is the patch. Um, so the patch is put on certain parts of your body, like your belly, your butt, your upper arm, or your back, and it's just as effective as the pill. It releases hormones, you know, to stop sperm coming to the egg, stop the egg from releasing from the ovary, Um, and you have to, again, make sure you're using it correctly, like putting it on the right parts of your body, Um, and it's, you know, you have to remember to refill your prescription and put a new patch on, so just basically, like, I, I don't know. I It's it's newer, so there's not many reviews that I found online, um, but yeah, I don't know. It seems easy. I was going to say, I've actually never heard of this, and no one in What the F had any stories to say about the patch, so I guess this is new. We're going to have to start comparing it, see how it's going uh, for people that start using it. Mm-hmm. All right, so now let's get into our conclusive conversation about all of these forms of birth control. Mm -hmm. So we have to know, of course, I'm sure you've been preached at this many, many times, but none of these protect against STDs and you should still be wearing condoms and practicing safe sex. So that's an important thing to know as always. But of course, that brings in our favorite topic of gender norms. 
Yeah. Yes. <sighs> so all of this conversation is about choosing to take some sort of form of birth control. And we never talked about who that responsibility falls on. Mm-hmm. Such as why is it not always the like expectation and responsibility of someone who should be wearing a condom instead. Yeah. Which is frustrating. It is really frustrating. I mean, like, deciding to use birth control is a big deal, and it's a lot of pressure, I feel like, to put on teenage girls that, like, literally know nothing about it. And, like, it's a big, you know, it's hard to, like, research all of these and, like, make the right decision for your body because, of course, like, this is hormones. Like, it's going to change your body. It's going to, like, maybe decline your mental health like that is a side effect that you can have like you can gain weight you can you know have more or less acne like it's such a big thing that you have to put on people that use birth control um and it's you know people that don't use birth control you don't have to go through the same thing and I just feel like that's sort of a crazy thing that no one really talks about right like why how much harder is it to put on a condom really quick before sex versus all these side effects we have talked about here or other things like headaches and being nauseous and when your boobs hurt and you have changes in your period and there's the spotting and everything's just a mess. People talk about the mental health decline or feeling like they're bloating, just Mm -hmm. things that are like so frustrating or even sitting here talking about like, oh, is the pain worth it? Like just put on a condom. It's not that hard to ask. So... (laughs) Just a reminder to still do that extra step, although these are very protective against pregnancy. We still want everyone out there to be careful, so. Yeah. I mean, and obviously, like, birth control isn't just used for just not having pregnancy. Like, people have, you know, uncontrollable, like, periods, and, you know, that's a reason, or they don't want acne or something like that, but, you know, at the end of the day, it is birth control. Right. So. Right. Yeah. And there are, like men's there's birth control options for men mm-hmm. like that I did some research about um you know there's always the vasectomy you know which is a procedure so obviously like you know, that is a big decision but it's very effective and it's not very invasive um a surgeon basically cuts and seals the tubes that your sperm pass through to reach your testicles so and it, and it can be reversed um but you know I don't know a lot of college men that have vasectomies, you know? <laughs> I don't think that's too too common around these parts. Yeah. <laughs> oh. oh. Well, all right. Should we should we possibly rank what we think our favorites are? Yeah. I think that could be kind of fun. I think that'd be fun. I mean, I'm not any, on any birth control, so, the, like, I, and I, you know, haven't gone through the spiel with my doctor, really, so okay. this is my first, I'm not, like, first, but, like, researching this was, like, my first interaction with all of these different types, so I'm not really biased against any of them. Well, that's good to know, though, because that means all of your opinions are based so much in, like you said, your Southern Christian education, and then also just this education about everything else and all these other forms, and not based on personal bias experience. Mm -hmm. So, if you had to pick S-tier, which is, like, God-tier, the top, I think it's probably easier to start at the top, just Mm -hmm. kind of pick some favorites here what what would you say personally after having the discussion about the speculum i'd have (laughs) to say the bar implant it just seems like it doesn't get any love but like 
it's just a little thing that you put in your arm and it's like just as effective as an IUD. So if I had to do God tier, that would be there. Okay. I see. I think I'm just going to have to put IUD at the S tier. And Mm -hmm. obviously that's because I have it, but I don't know. I like, I actually am like weird like that, that if it's dealing with my uterus, like I kind of like that it's just in my uterus. Yeah. It's, it's, got its own thing going on down there so (laughs) I I like that and um I don't know it's nice to like when you're going through that have the whole conversation with your gynecologist and pick what's right for you but um I really love mine so let's let's keep those both at S tier Mm -hmm. I think the next tier what even is next is it A does it go like God tier and then it's just like A B C D I think yeah I think it's A B C D I think next is going to be that, like, middle ground of, like, the pill, because Mm -hmm. everyone likes it. Yeah. And it's, like, or not everyone likes it. A lot of people try it. Yeah. Um, so you kind of got to give it the popularity vote. Mm Mm-hmm. Obviously. And then maybe, like, the numering, maybe? Mm Mm-hmm. I've heard really good reviews about that. Like, I just haven't really heard as many bad reviews as I, like, on the internet, um, like, researching this, I feel like everyone's just, like, it's good, you know, like, it does the job. It does the job. <laughs> it's a nice, well, but that seems way too high to be at an A. Yeah. So this is, we don't even have enough to go in each category. All right, fine, all right, we're gonna have to do some adjusting. Let's do, S tier is uh-huh. bar. Bar. A, IUD. Yeah. B, pill. Yeah. C, Nuvering. Mm-hmm. So D, we're going to have to just put the patch down there. But that's, you know, that's sad. It's it's the new guy. It's the new kid yeah. in town. Yeah. But we definitely know who's at less, <laughs> at least in our opinion. And that's got to be abstinence. Abstinence. Which, you know, if you're abstinent, we are not hating on no, that. No, no. But the norm of having to be abstinence to protect yourself from all that is evil in the world is a little bit frustrating in our education system, and we should have education on all of these things. So I think just the fact that abstinence feels like it's just so shoved down our throats, and you can have sex for fun. It doesn't have to just be child-producing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, get on some birth control, have a good time, be safe, but yeah. and you I don't think- have to be abstinent if you don't want to be. <laughs> abstinent people, like, I have a lot of respect for those people, but, like, I just think right. that the discussion around abstinence is so rooted in shame and, like, religious values, and I just think that it, it just really harms a lot of young girls' ideas about sex and, like, what sex does to them, like, if they're pure or impure or, like, they're dirty because they've had sex, like, it's just not a, like, a good way, I feel like abstinence, when taught with shame, is not a good Right. I totally agree. Or that every form of birth control that we talked about here, we talked about, it is ultimately, of course, your choice and what's going to work best for you, but the way abstinence is taught is almost like it's going to work for everyone. Yeah. And it's just not. It's not Mm -hmm. true. Um, And speaking of working for everyone, I, you know, we've we've heard a lot of stories. You've probably heard a lot of stories about all the, your friends taking birth control or, I don't know, like reviews online. But it's just that it's, I just noticed that not one type of birth control works perfectly for everyone. It really just depends on your body and how it responds because hormones, like, I don't know, we know a lot about them, but like, sometimes it's just a gamble and you got to try maybe the pill and the pill doesn't work for you and then you have to move on to other things, you know? Right. 
So it just that kind of, that part of it sort of sucks because there are real consequences. Like we heard from that one story, like that she was experiencing like higher levels of anxiety and depression mm-hmm. because of the pill, and she shouldn't have to. But right, right. you know, it's just a kind of guess and check. Yes. Yeah. And we should talk about one other thing here, which is weight gain. Yeah. And feeling like that is just a big part of a decision. And the way that birth control could be a tiny little rod inside your arm or inside your uterus or something that you take once every day and don't really think about, but like it changes your entire perception of yourself or the way that you feel in your body and I think we should talk about that yeah because I feel like that's I've heard from a lot of friends that like they had serious boyfriends and they were worried about getting pregnant but they didn't want to gain weight and that was they ultimately decided they weren't going to do it because of that reason and it's just right. it's a it's a valid reason but it's it's really sad you know right and it doesn't have to be a terrible thing to gain weight if yeah. you're protecting yourself. And that's a great thing to be on birth control that you like. But it's just such a big source of anxiety for people that use birth control. And it just seems so unfair, once again, that there's so much to to think about on the sidelines. And it's, like, not worth it to not take birth control if that's your concern. But... That's just the honest truth that it is. Yeah. And there are times that I, in my personal experience, like, taking the pill, I did feel gross. And also, okay, another thing we could talk about, my boobs got bigger when I was taking the pill. And then I took the IUD, and they were both hormonal, but for some reason I think they shrank again. The (laughs) IUD didn't affect it. And I was like, am I really about to switch back to the pill because I miss having a little... Oomph there? Yeah. And, like, obviously I did it. I'm not going to. But these are things that, like, you look in the mirror and your birth control is affecting that decision every single day. Yeah. And, like, how you view yourself. But Yeah. Yeah, I had one friend that got on a different birth control and she was like, oh, my God, I'm, like, gaining weight. I just have to, like, stop eating as much. And it was Jesus. like, it's just, I don't know. Like, it, it's just scary, I guess. It is scary. Having to weigh if you want, like, the choice, or, you know, like, not being pregnant, like, that worry, and then how you see yourself, like, that's a really big decision, and it's... Right. It's, you know, a lot of these people that take birth control are, like, female presenting, and that's a big, like, thing, you know, for women. Right. Yeah. And it's all just... Once again, comes back to that frustration that we talked about being who's responsible for it, and also the fact that men have so much more opportunity to get more women pregnant, mm-hmm. but they're not the ones that are responsible for it. Very interesting, if you yeah. ask me. And the last thing I want to talk about with this is I think when we're talking about these like alternative side effects or factors, things that affect it. I think one of the most interesting parts about my birth control story and my friends' birth control stories and so many people that I know who also maybe went to those Christian high schools or conservative areas, grew up just only preaching abstinence, 
is that idea that you have to have your alternative motive for getting birth control so exactly. that you can lie to your parents yeah. and get it. I think that I told my dad, I because he knew that I was on birth control because it went through my insurance, and mm. he saw it, and he was like, why are you on birth control? And not even as, like, shaming me by any means, but he was asking um, just because... He knew, and he was curious, you know, if I was having sex, and I was like, I don't want to have the sex talk with my dad right now. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm just taking it because of my acne. Yeah, you have to say you your acne. You just have to lie. And it's like, why can't I just be like, yeah, I'm having sex, and I'm doing it safely? Yeah. It's it's really difficult, because I wanted to go on birth control in high school, because I just got a boyfriend, and I was like, well, what if, you know, that happens, mm-hmm. and then I don't have any birth control? Right. Like, and I had to be like... Oh, like, um, like my periods are really heavy, right. even though they weren't. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, and mom was like, "That's bullshit." Like, you're not getting birth control. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, my mom would go to the store every like two months and buy me one pack of light tampons. Tampons. <laughs> yeah. Like, if I'm like, "Oh my god, my flow is so yeah. heavy. I'm iron deficient." Yeah. She's like, "I know that you're lying." <laughs> Oh, that, yeah, that sucks. That definitely sucks. Um, just to close this out, we have a fun little segment that we do on this podcast called Six Word First Time Stories. So you basically explain your first time in six words. And these are the submissions that we got. <laughs> he looked like a sprouting turtle. Oh, <laughs> that's interesting. That's an interesting image in my head, I'm yeah. going to be honest. <laughs> yeah, it paints a picture. It does. Okay, I think I'm going to have to pick, let's see, washed my face right after it. Interesting. Interesting. Priorities. Right. You know? And I do wonder, is it just like that cleanliness feeling yeah. that you need after just to like feel better? Mm-hmm. I wonder. Yeah. There's so many questions to ask, but it's only six yeah. words. Like, I want to know more. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, this one's good, too. This one. In a pool, 4th of July. Oh, that leaves so much... Like, you're like, what? What happened? Why 4th of July? Like, that oh. is the American dream right yeah. there. <laughs> the patriotism was the too patriotism. much. <laughs> okay. uh, all right. Well, thank you for ending our episode on such a fun note. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess that's it for today. We hope that you learned a lot and have some things to think about with your new birth control education yeah here what the f the f stands for fresh funny fearless feminist and fuck what do you stand for